This is Camp Hacker. Come find our show notes and our blog for camp directors and leaders at camphacker.tv. Good day and welcome to our podcast. This is Camp Hacker, episode 96, recorded on the 18th of January, 2017. On today's show, what are you going to do differently this summer? If you would like easy, automatic, free updates of our podcast, you can subscribe in iTunes or use the free Stitcher app. This week's Camp Hacker podcast is sponsored by GoCamp Pro. GoCamp Pro is a year-round online camp conference for the true summer camp mavericks, the camp pros who can't stand it when people say, but that's how we've always done it. GoCamp Pro is a community of year-round summer camp staffers who empower each other to make the big changes that camp needs so that our campers and staff will go and change the world. To try it for free, go to www.gocamp.pro. And this week's episode is sponsored by camp pros like you who support the show on Patreon. We want to thank those patrons who have been supporting the show from the beginning and without fail. David G, Andy L, Marie W, Teresa ML, Lisa Summer Fun, Ange A, Jack and Laura, and Mark P. If you've got even one good idea from the Camp Hacker podcast, you can show your support for the show for as little as $1 per episode. We've got some great rewards too, just like a Kickstarter campaign. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Camp Hacker. We hope you enjoy the Camp Hacker show. Hello, Camp Pros, and welcome to the Camp Hacker podcast. My name is Travis Allison. I am a co-founder of Go Camp Pro and, of course, Camp Hacker. Um, we at Go Camp Pro run a year-round camp conference for Camp Mavericks, and we'd be excited for you to join us. And my name is Gabrielle Real. I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Waro. Uh, camp Waro is an all-girls camp uh, in the Laurentians in Quebec, and it's my 20-something year working there. I'm super stoked to be here today. My name's Joe Richards. I'm the executive director at Pierce Williams Christian Center, which is a United Church of Canada summer camp and retreat facility located in Fingal, Ontario, which is halfway between Detroit and Toronto. Hi, I'm Neva Baltzla. I'm the resident director of Camp Cherry Lake, a 4-H center in Madison, Florida, which is just south of the Georgia border. Neva, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Well, thanks for having me, Travis. Uh, Neva's a, a great contact for that Joe has introduced us to over the years, and I um, want to take just a, a minute to get to know her. So, Neva, how did you get involved in, in summer camp? What was your first experience? I, I actually was that person that never went to summer camp. Yeah. I, I married into camp. Right. And so when my former husband got a camp job. I came with him. We raised a family. I kept the job, did not keep the husband. We're great friends still. Yeah. And I have fallen in love with it. Right it's on. a great opportunity to meet some really amazing folks. That's awesome. So for you, what is, what was the, the, I don't know if there was, was there one particular moment that made you say, all right, now I'm a camp person? I think it was my second summer at camp and watching my two-year-old little girl toddle around to these awesome camp counselors we had as well as camp staff and they just took her under their wing and I realized that I loved these people and I loved the experience they were getting and I was so sad I had not had that experience as a child myself and really decided that that was the moment that learning everything I could about camping was going to be the most important thing for me so I could do a great job. 
well, and you do do a great job. I've seen how much people look up to you, Neva. So it's uh, congratulations on on making that choice and sticking with it. And we're grateful it's, to have you here today. It's been a good run so far. Awesome, awesome. Well, before we begin our topic, I just want to say that um, we appreciate those people who've taken the time to go to iTunes and leave us a review there. Some people do it on the Stitcher app. Some people do it through other Android means as well, through the Google Play Store. And those ratings and reviews are helpful to us to know, you know what works and what you're interested in, but really also to help us figure out um, no, help us spread the word really about camp and, and camp hacker and, and what we do here. So we're grateful if you do that. If you are interested in leaving a review on iTunes, that's the simplest process. Um, you go to camphackertv slash iTunes and it opens up your iTunes and, and it gives you a way to do that right there. Uh, today we're going to be talking about um, thinking forward to the summer. This is the first recording of 2017 and January is usually the first um, it sort of feels like the first time that it feels like you've turned a corner and camp is coming now. And, um, I know people are getting, um, excited, anticipating, and maybe a bit scared now that, uh, 2017 summer seems real. So we wanted to take some time and talk about that. And a real question for today is what are you going to do different? Um, many of us on this call have had many summers of being camp directors and we get the privilege of finishing one summer and knowing that the next one's coming, that it's not just seasonal for us. And, and I think that leads to thinking differently about uh, camp because you see it as a multi-year process. And so um, this question involves thinking about last season and then thinking ahead to this year. And so, uh, it, Gab, I wonder if I could start with you. I, I'd like to ask you at Wuro, what what are you folks planning on doing differently this year? Um, <clears throat> mine's a little bit more on a philosophical uh, level. I had, um, yeah, is that all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I had uh, some chats with some of my returning uh, leadership team members, and um, with uh, 2016 and a lot of turmoil um, that's going on politically and um you know, just around the world, there's, I've noticed that there's a panic amongst a lot of my staff members. And I had this great conversation with one of my leadership team members who, um, who was thinking of applying back, but she just really wanted to make, she had this urgency to make a positive impact on the world. And she said that she needed to find something that can do that. And this is somebody that's been coming to camp for many years. And is somebody that I've worked closely with. And I, and I sort of I was blinking in disbelief and I said, well, what do you think we're doing at camp? And she's right. like, oh, I know, I know what we're doing, but you know, I, I really feel like I need to do something more. And I realized that I, I do make our big picture clear, but my goal and role this year is to make our um, big picture even bigger and clearer and a little bit more trans and a lot more transparent. And so um, she wasn't the only one. I actually, this was a conversation I had with m multiple of my best of staff members who um, make such a in difference in our organization. And I think sometimes I don't express how much what they're doing specifically, how they're doing it, that that impacts, but also providing that space and time throughout the year to talk about our intention behind some of the work that we're doing and what is the long-term effects. But it's... Um, I'm happy to say that she is returning because I was able to have that conversation um, and over a couple of times. And I'm also another type of director that tries to convince people to come back to camp. Um, 
I don't, I think it's like trying to convince somebody to stay in a relationship. I don't think it's healthy. Um, but I do think that camp still has this, you know, uh, Neva was just talking about being somebody outside of camp coming in and seeing the power and the, the impact that it can have. But from the outside, it has that it's just, it's a place where you just have fun. And, um, even with your closest of staff members, we have to be constantly, uh, talking about the importance of the work that we do and, and the, the greater impact that it has. So I'm going to be a lot more intentional with, with my staff, um, this year. Yeah, that's brilliant. So Gab, what, what sort of questions are you asking them to have them reconsider impact? Uh, it, it, what would you mean in what way? Well, um, I, I know what you're trying to do is challenge them to see camp as being a place that they have real concrete impact. And so I suspect that part of that is asking them questions to just make them consider what impact it's had on them or things they've seen in others that camp has impacted. I just wondered what those questions were, but I think it'd be useful. Yeah. I, I basically, one of the things that I, that I did uh, specifically with this person was um, I said, let's, let's rename, let's rename our organization. And I said, um, our, our company is now called um, Impact, um, you know, a place for girls to find their voices. Yeah. So that was, so I said, this is the organization you're going to work for. And what the company does is they use um, an outdoor environment to create friendships and um, challenge the girls to um, face confrontation and work through those confrontations. And that's to help them with their confidence and that's to help them uh, voice their opinions. And that's what we really, really want them to do. And as the longer they stay, they learn problem solving skills. And that is all used. We, we used um, outdoor activities to help them develop those skills. Now, how do you feel about talking to other people if you work for an organization like that? And she, it, it, it flipped a switch for her. She yeah. was like, that's, that's the type of company I want to work for. And I was like, well, and she knew what I was doing. It wasn't yeah, like she's yeah. she's very smart. Um, but um, the the there's there's an outside noise um, coming from her parents. There's an outside noise. You know, she goes to the University of British Columbia, where there's a lot of activism. Um, I'm I'm from Montreal. There's also a lot of activism in, in, at Concordia University. But um, the, you know, summer camp just didn't have that impact. And I and you know, when she's talking to other people, and I said we need to reframe you know, from the outside in and look at what we're doing. But, and what, and what are some things that we can do with our staff? And one of the things that she's come up with was in the evenings, of course, we have some staff activities, we have movie nights or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, a lot of things that we do for team building, but she wants to start hosting um, conversations on social issues, environmental issues, where it's just an open space where people can talk and ask questions. Um, and I've mentioned that to a couple of our other staff members, and this is something they're very excited about. Um, they have a lot of questions, they have a lot of anxiety, and I want camp to be a place where they can talk about those things and grow as, as, as a group and individuals. Yeah, that's so smart, Gab. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Such a yeah. perfect way to start us off. Um, Neva, for you, well, Joe and Neva, happy if you jump in if you have any questions for Gab about that process. Um, but also, you know, what sort of things are you thinking about doing differently for this year? I will say in our camping program, we are actually overhauling our whole camp staff training system. Normally we do three weekends in addition to a week long training, 
So we have a lot of time with them over a course of a semester of their school, basically. And this year, we are not doing any of the weekend trainings because it's so hard to get folks to commit to that. So we're changing to a 10-day training model, which is a big change in our mm-hmm. organization. Yeah. So we actually are really excited to have more of the conversations, like Gab mentioned, about social issues and getting them to rethink how we do being at camp. What are what are the things that we really want to accomplish? What are our objectives? How do we get that trust from parents for their children to be at camp? And then how do we get our 4-H agents to buy into that system? Because we're not a direct sell. We have to go through 4-H agents who don't always buy into all the good things that camp does for kids. Right. All right. So thinking about agents in particular, I think this would be really interesting to folks who come from different kinds of agencies. Um, what's been, what have you been talking about in terms of strategy, but talking to them about the value of camp? We really talk about our four essential elements, which are belonging, mastery, independence, and generosity. And we specifically focus on that independence, mm-hmm. helping kids get away from mom and dad, get away from their technology and be at camp where they have to learn how to have a conversation. They have to learn how to be in a cabin with someone that they may not like immediately or at all during their stay at mm-hmm. camp mm-hmm. and how to have those conversations with people that, that are different from them, which is conversations that we don't have very often in our everyday sort of going through the motions world. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the medium for those conversations with agents? We, well, we, our camp directors, I have two other camp directors in my state and myself, we go to a lot of their meetings um, and just have those individual conversations. It's not, it's, it's a lot of face-to-face just convincing them that camp is a great place to bring kids. And it's the one time of the year where they get to interact directly with kids for an entire week, mm-hmm. as opposed to working with volunteers or doing trainings with other adults. Right. All right. Very cool. And what were what sort of questions did the organization, did the Forge of Florida, ask? Um, so is it just Cherry, Cherry Lake that's changing training time or everybody across the organization? It's the entire organization. I actually get the privilege of being in charge of all of our staff training for all three of our camp facilities. We bring all the teens and our young adults together to do training, our college-age staff. Right, right, right. So what were the what were the questions that led you folks to changing? I mean, you said you had a hard time getting people to come, but what sort of considerations did you consider? Um, <laughs> what considerations well, some did you consider it, to change it to a 10-day process? Um, well, some of it was just the inability to get people to commit to those weekends, but some of it came out of when you and Laura actually came and did our workshop a couple last spring and we just decided that it was a better format to do a longer training so that we could get more of those agents in to help do some of the training with the kids or I call them kids, the camp staff so that they see that they are qualified young people, young adults who are going to do a great job for them. And that helps with buy-in. That is, that is, that's awesome. I'm picking apart everybody's thinking on this because I think it's really interesting for um, others on the outside to see just the, how deep each one of the panelists is, considers the big picture of camp. Joe, is there uh, some philosophical changes that you're thinking about for Pierce Williams this year? 
Really, mine's not. I, I'm not sure. Every year I go through philosophical. I was just counting yeah. up. This will be my 21st summer as a camp director this summer, and and I think every year. One of the change, one of the major changes that's happened here at Pierce Williams is my summer director has moved on after five summers right. um, and gone back to teachers college. So, uh, so I'm losing, have lost um, Ica, and and part of that has forced uh, myself and the board to just think through, um, to think through what we're looking for as a camp and how we act as a facility in a camp and. And I, I've had some conversations with a few different people recently about um, about the summer camp director position. And when I first started thinking about it in November, December, one of the I thought it was just I someone to be a placeholder, right? Someone to mentor the staff and continue the program we have. And and then over the holidays, when you're away from everything, because I go to our I go to somewhere away, disconnected from the world for the holidays. I got to think about the fact that what I'm really looking for is someone who can keep affecting positive change, right? If we stay the same, if you as a camp or any organization just stays the same, you're losing ground because you need to continually strive to be better than you were. And and, and so that's really a, a renewed focus of what we're doing this year is to is to say – we're at this point and we need to continue to grow. So we have some amazing programs at Pierce Williams or what I think are amazing programs and unique programs, but we also have to continue to look for what's unique and amazing and, and how to continue to look for that next stage. There's, you know, so that, that change, that changes is, is more of the philosophical or just, I'm not even sure it's a change as most as, as more of a clarifying of thinking, right. To, because we've always been um, at Pierce Williams in my time, we've always strived to to find what's next, to try and continue to move forward and and see what the future can be for for camps. And and the benefit here is that it's not based on program, right? We don't buy the latest sailboat to get ahead because we don't have a lake. You know, we don't. Yeah. So changes here are more. Um, I don't know what the word is, but they're just more internal in the way camp is run versus adding program and and right. So adding programs is like adding graphics right to a computer. You're adding the ability for more graphics, but you're not. You might not be improving the program that the computer is running. Right. You can look at it better, right? So, so that's one change. I have a variety of other small things that I often think about. Sometimes they happen. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. Um, but that's more the philosophical change, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. So in the end, are you hiring, are you looking for a director to stay with you for a while? Or are you going to hire just a summer director for now or where did you land? I haven't landed anywhere yet. Okay. <laughs> I've landed in the, um, if I find the right person who can be someone who can continue to help camp grow and I can, and they want to be at camp and they can. Um, can be here for the next three to five summers. That would be great. Mm -hmm. If I need to find someone who's this summer only, um, that is also doable. It's just um, what it, what we've realized as a board is moving forward. A lot of our ideas, my ideas that I bring up need money. Yeah. And if my job is to run camp, then my job, I can't find as much money as, you know, I can't, I have a grant list that's 12 
12 grants long right now mm-hmm. and I really want need to um, to get those in so that we can can move forward with a you know another new program we have a plastic upcycling program we're starting this summer um, and so so we need someone to do the hiring the contracts the you know the planning for staff training all of those things right at this stage I need someone who can do that um, and so I haven't landed anywhere yet it's it's really it's finding the right person and, and seeing how we go forward yeah so um, a, a couple of things come up for me. Um, I will let the, the three of you think about sort of program level on the ground level things that you've been thinking about. Um, while I talk about a couple of ideas that come up for me, uh, in the things that you've said, one thing that, um, I always wanted to be as a camp director and I think we got, got a lot of the way there, but, um, I, I want to have the same kind of impact that my camp director had when I was a camper for those seven years. We had the the same director when I was growing up at Camp Kintail, uh, and his name is Bob Ferris. And I think that his length of term that he was there had a had a lot of impact and sort of made it feel like there's a generation of of Bob Ferris camp people. Um, I never worked under him. He was just my director when I was a kid and and until I was a teen. But I one of the things that I really felt growing up at Camp Kintail was a deep um, inspiration from Bob and from the staff that um, that we were people who could make a difference in the world, and he, definitely social justice was a big part of his philosophy in the world. I think it turned out um, some amazing people who've gone on to do fascinating, great stuff. Probably all camps that have a good, stable leader will have years of staff that go on to do amazing things. But I think what came out of that time was this focus on others and justice and um and i think that that's a great thing i'm really inspired by what war is doing and and um in this discussion gab that you're having with your community about how do we um not just say um we're doing these things but how do we show people what we're doing and i think that camps despite the fact that I think it's important, I think that camps often get stuck just saying camp is fun and your kids need to have fun and you should come to have fun with us and we're safe, but fun. And um, I think if we're going to inspire people in this world to send their kids to this place, then we have to talk big picture things. We have to talk about values and, um, and the leadership team's values in that too. So I'm, I'm really inspired by that. That's, it's really, really great. Um, the other thing that, that comes up for me based on what, what Joe's talking about is, uh, an idea that I've, that I've had that, um, that, uh, I don't know how to, who, who, who implements it or, or how, but something I think would be amazingly handy, um, is for camps that have summer only or seasonal directors to have a pool, um, basically to have a, a, um, a company that can supply a well-trained, really thoughtful summer director um, to camps that need them. They can go in and say, does this person's philosophy match up with yours? And they're people that have, um, that can come from outside and be comfortable in a new situation and really push a camp forward. And uh, that's one of the things I've been thinking about lately is what would it take to, to become the agency that camps that hire summer directors 
hire their people from. And uh, that, that's that's one of the, the bigger picture things that I've been thinking about considering what what camps need and where camps really struggle because I know it's hard to hire seasonal leadership team members. It'd be fun to have a company that provides a pool of those that uh, are well well and thoroughly vetted. Um, <clears throat> and Eva, for you folks, is there uh, some program level changes that you're considering? A lot of our program level changes have to do with how we process the campers day with them throughout the course of the day. And then at the end of the day, we've, we are really trying to get our youth to reflect on what, what are they feeling throughout the course of the day? Because we're really based on our, our camper evaluations that we get through the summer. We're really seeing that there have been in the past some bullying behaviors that have happened in the cabins or during activities where our young ladies or our young gentlemen don't feel comfortable having conversations or voicing their opinions. So we are really looking to push That's having awesome. great conversations and having those accepting conversations and moving into the realm of getting our campers to understand why they don't like something or why they do like something and why people are different right 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 and what sort of tools are you looking to to help set up those discussions we are doing a lot of training with our program staff every evening we do something called power down pals Mm -hmm. where our program staff are assigned to different cabins and they go in and they are just checking on the physical and emotional safety and well-being of those campers they 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 physically go to the cabin make sure everyone has what they need and then talk them through their day. What was good? What wasn't good? Are there any conversations you need to have in, about any problems you're having? Right. And so tra- training up the our college-age camp staff to just have great in-depth conversations and including their teen camp counselors. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I, I love that. How about for you, Joe, is there stuff that's more program and less top levels that you're thinking of? Yeah, we a couple of summers ago, we changed our program entirely from cabin-based, where they travel as cabins, to individual choice. Mm-hmm. And so we keep tweaking that idea. We used um, Wingate Kirkland. Uh, Will at Wingate Kirkland was, was kind enough. Um, Wingate Kirkland's a camp on Cape Cod. He was kind enough to give us their program sheet and talk us through the way they do choice-based programming. Um, and so we've been tweaking that and we'll continue. Um, I had the thought yesterday that it would be super awesome to, uh, we do cabin photos mm-hmm. and we do ca- photos through the week, but it would be super awesome to treat a rival. Um, and a rival here is very, kids get dropped off. There's no bus and the parents are dropping them off. They go to a cabin and, and whatnot. And so we have people at the sign greeting the cars and people parking the, you know, helping park the cars. And then myself and my summer director are at the car I had the thought that it would be great to do before and after pictures with the whole family. Yeah. Right. So a before picture as right with a camper and the parents and whatever brothers and sisters, um, and then do that on the way out as well. Um, which there's going to be a lot of planning involved in it. I almost had the in as, you know, a, a Pierce Williams backdrop, like a, you know, like a news conference backdrop and they can just step into the booth and get their picture taken and then move on their way. 
I, I wonder what that would show us with the looks on kids' faces because the first day, if you if you see kids over a number of summers, that first day you see a lot of trepidation in some kids. Mm-hmm. And it would be very interesting to put those pictures side by side um, of not just, and I'm not sure I want to do just the camper. I like the idea of doing the whole family yeah. um, and, and and go from there. So that is a, that's an idea. Um, as far as training-wise, we, we've had some... I want to change and, and have more returning staff mentors at training week. So we we do a weekend training and then we do a week-long training. Mm-hmm. And just to find returning staff to spend the week with us helping with that week-long training to, to do things like um, the Camp Counselor testimonials, which is something we created a couple of years ago in the Camp Counselor Institute of just sitting down and talking with the staff about your tips and tricks on being a camp counselor. I know that Travis and Beth did it with the camp counselor um, Institute people. And, and they honestly said in, in our feedback from the camp counselor Institute, the camp counselor testimonials was one of the top two things that helped them through the rest of their summer um, as they went to training. So I really want to, to build that up. And then the same, you know, I feel like I should plan for the summer more, but, I'm not sure that's ever going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> the um, it always sneaks up on me. Twenty one, twenty one summers in, it's still like yeah. June comes, and you're like, "What the hell? Summer camps here? What's going on?" Yeah. <laughs> the um, the camp counselor testimonials, Joe, sounds like an awesome new podcast. It does. Yeah, it'd be a great. I um, I I have we go around and talk to counselors and record them. It's funny that you in earlier, Travis, you mentioned this idea that we need to do this bigger picture thinking to on 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 convincing parents of the value of sending their kids to camp, essentially. Right. Yeah. And last night I had a board meeting and and my board is I've come to understand over years here at Pierce Williams, our board of directors is just different. It's it's a different group of people than than almost every board that I hear about. And our board is very much focused on the vision of Pierce Williams and where we're going. And they don't get overly involved in how we get there, right? So as long as we we offer an amazing program, our board – so last night I had a board meeting and we sat around for an hour and a half and just talked about how to share our story mm-hmm. and how to get stories from campers and, and how those stories are going the, – the memories, the pictures, the images are what are going to convince – people to partner with camp to join us either by sending kids or by you know by giving monetary donations or by giving their time right and and it was a long conversation last night and and i leave board meetings like that just thinking this is it like we're we're in i'm in the right place and this is what i should continue to do (laughs) so it was great that's awesome um, the, your family photo idea, I don't know if they showed you when you were at um, Green River Preserve that they have a, a, a photo station that's just off the parking lot. You know, they sort of know where they're heading, but they, they stop past this little bench, <coughs> excuse me, in background that, that uh, Green River Preserve has created. And the, the photographer takes a picture of the family together and they, they send those out to the individual families and they often become the Christmas card. So I think you're really onto something there. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I think it's cool, yeah. So, Cabot, where is there some program stuff you folks have been talking about? Yeah, um, we're looking at, it, it goes back to um, when you're looking at change, I think a lot, a lot of the times we have to look beyond the symptoms and look at the cause. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I had a, a new staff member that was in charge of tallying all of our um, staff feedback, um, and she ha- she came to me and she had all of these changes ideas. She's like, oh, we we need to you know start lunch 15 minutes early, but then we need to you know let last 15 minutes longer, but yeah. also some people want it 20 minutes shorter, so we have to do something about lunch. And um, I was I was telling her we can't we can't just we don't make change based on the panic. We have to, we have to look at what the, what the main issues are and, yeah. and why they're the way they are. So if, uh, when it came to, uh, you know, uh, talking about activism or talking about, um, you know, social responsibility, et cetera, et cetera, what are some of the things that you can do at camp and conversation is really important, but doing stuff is also important and something just as simple as, uh, kids learning how to fix, um, you know, so they're, pants um if there's a hole in it or if their flashlight is broken but we're basically going to create um an an activity just called fix it and they can bring whatever they want to to that um activity and and for an hour they can learn how to fix things they can help other each other fix things and it's just to lessen the impact of of throwing things out um when i was younger buying a pair of jeans was quite expensive and now you can literally get a pair of jeans you know, at Forever 21 for, for 10 bucks. But yeah. the amount of landfill that that contributes to is 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 extremely high. Yeah. So trying to do sort of activities that are are fun, um, that are that just allow a place to sit and chat, but also uh, learn a new skill. So we're going to be working on fix it. But, it's, you know, I just I want to put out the caution of, of changing things when there's a panic. Yeah. So just slow down and, and look at let's look at the cause first and, and right. then let's assess on how to how to address it. Yeah, yeah. Um one thing, um so Joe and Neville, I think it's if there's anything, all three of you really, if there's anything that you would add before we wrap up the topic, uh, I'll buy you a bit of time and talk about a book that was part of my Alt MBA program, and it's not handy to my desk that I could show you the cover for those watching on YouTube, but um, the book is called A Beautiful Constraint, and it is um, about massive changes that have happened when organizations have been forced by constraint to think differently. So, um, you know, thinking about people asking for ideas and coming in with, uh, you know, being all hyped up about um, making big changes, um, or maybe lots and lots of little changes. Um, every time we'd ask our senior staff what they would change differently, the answer every year was we'd hire a second program director. And you know, program director for us is the person who, you know, did fun things with the the whole camp in general and sort of gave a, a week a theme and made sure there was all sorts of creative stuff. And they had a huge impact on camp, but we never saw how a second program director it would make one person's job easier no doubt Um, but we never saw how the impact would be greatest and one of the things that comes out of having only one program director when you're at camp that that person's job is really one of the toughest jobs is that that person lives to live with constraint like i don't have time to make costumes for 15 people for a 30 second announcement i'll have to be creative about it and um, that book, A Beautiful Constraint, offers some great examples, but even some ways to think as a camp, like, you know, we are limited by this. We're limited by budget. We're limited by time. We're limited by so many different things. But if we acknowledge those limits and then go beyond that, where do you, where do you go? One of my favorite examples, it's a, um, 
A video that I saw the other day, I saved it. If you look on the Camp Ocker YouTube channel where many of you are watching this, um, you'll see a playlist um, called show, I don't know, staff training videos, videos to show what staff training it's probably called. Um, but that playlist, I added something to that this week that was um, a, a company or a professor who has a, a little company who's creating medical products to be used where there's no electricity, where there's no access to all these things. And what they created was a, um, shoot, now I'm going to lose it. It's a thing you put um, blood in and it spins it out. So it separates blood into all of its particulate parts. You know, based on how fast it spins, it all sort of separates in the vial. And I don't remember what that's called. Um, anyway, those things are really expensive. Centrifuge. Centrifuge. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um and those things are expensive and they're heavy and so you can't use them in rural areas um, and we can't use them without power, etc. So this um, professor's company has created a handheld centrifuge that costs less than a dollar. Um, and it is basically a, a kid's game, many of you have likely seen, where it has a, um, a disc in the middle, a flat disc in the middle, and um, string that comes out the side that are tied in loops. So you can put those, those um, strings over your middle fingers, and then you twist and twist and twist the string so that that plate or disc in the middle, when you pull your hands apart, the string unwinds and it starts to spin. And as you get a rhythm going, you can get that thing going really quickly. And apparently that thing can will do over over a thousand rpms per per minute revolutions per minute and can work as a centrifuge so they've designed this thing that's a dollar that costs a dollar that you put in a little vial of blood it'll send it'll separate the blood out and then they can do tests with it and that's just made by the constraint centrifuges are really helpful for diagnosing certain things in people's health but we can't take them any we, they're not the activity take places and they have to be powered so what do we do you end up with a dollar solution so that idea of acknowledging constraints and saying, okay, within that, what do we do um, is encouraging to me in terms of a philosophy to have for a camp. We need to make big changes, but we don't have any money and we don't have any time. So what do we do? And uh, so I would encourage anyone to check out that book. It's really thoughtful, encouraging, and uh, empowering, I think, as a camp director. Mm -hmm. Travis, that made me think of one of the changes I, I had proposed or have proposed to myself, so I don't propose it to anybody else. Um, but we, in in our new program setup with choice-based programming, there's a lot of time spent dealing with the paperwork and figuring out where kids are going. And, yep. and our program director is also in charge of special day, which is Thursday. And so we, in my plans, I have um, the idea of hiring animators. Um, and animators is right, Gab. That's the term they use for program people in in Quebec. Uh, yeah, in Quebec. Yeah. yeah. And I like the idea that it's it's a different than being a special program person. Yeah. The plan is to hire one or two animators, and their whole job is to make camp that special day and any events related to the theme so memorable that the kids are going to be are never going to forget them right and yeah. and they don't have to have the daily focus of worrying about what's going on with this program that program that program it's literally they can put all of their energy into making camp this this magical place for the kids that week um, and if you rotate through a few animators over the course of the summer what you're doing is giving them skills to be better program people and potentially a better program director into the yep. future so that is our plan cost wise i haven't budgeted it out but i don't ever really think about it that much so yeah <laughs> that's awesome what a great idea and i love the title i love the title mm -hmm. 
Uh, Neva, do you have any other stuff that you folks are thinking about for changes? Um, honestly, all we're doing is trying to utilize our space. You were talking about beautiful constraints, and we are space limited yeah. at many of our facilities. And so we're just trying to find new ways to have educational program space where we are as opposed to having a bigger facility. Yeah. Yeah. So we're really looking at for Florida, water is a huge issue and our watersheds. And so, you know, drain drainage ditches turned into gardens and dealing with some of those sorts of issues. Yeah. Awesome. That's super great. How how about Wero? Um, I was, I was just thinking about your, what you just presented Travis um, with uh, the the dollar solution of of you know with the the blood thing I got a little weak in the knees when you talked about it and I'm not squeamish but all of a sudden I was like oh, I'm feeling lightheaded um, <laughs> because you're excited about the idea or just the thought I was of blood so it was, I you know I think it was the blood thing but the idea as well um, um, but I I think what I love is 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 not thinking about camp as a summer camp and looking yeah. at other companies and see what they do and and constantly evaluating why do we do this this way and I had a, a, a conversation with Jeff Bradshaw many years ago um, who's the owner and camp director of um, or executive director of uh, Winona um, and he talked he said he was talking to me about the wonderful opportunity that he has from starting from a, a blank slate yeah. um, and he had he had said to me that what was difficult with with uh, buying Wara was that we were inheriting 85 years of this is the way we do it. And he, and he said to me, you know, and you, you're, you haven't escaped that. You, you're not questioning, you're questioning some stuff, but you're yeah. not questioning everything. And it really stuck with me. And, and that's when I started looking at other companies and saying, like, well, how do they do that? You know, how does Google do this? How does, yeah. um, how does Google treat their staff members? How do, um, you know, just the program, the, the, the item that you just talked about, and how can, you know, your camp is a blank slate um, and, and, you know, questioning how you do things and bringing your staff into those conversations, I think is so powerful. And the other thing is, is that, you know, there are certain things that we've implemented at Woro 10 years ago that just seemed like pushing a boulder up a hill. Yeah. And it was, and it was, it seemed tedious and it seemed, and it was difficult, but, you know, 10 years later, it's, it's, it is, has completely infiltrated our culture as if it's always been there. And, and so I guess what I'm saying is don't lose heart when you believe in something. Yeah. Um, and you know, start it off. It will, that, that snowball will keep building and building and building, but change takes time and that's okay. Um, but time is, it can be a, a great friend and not think that you need to make all that change in that one summer. Yeah. It's completely linear. So um, but I love looking at other places and listening to how people are doing things and try to let that influence how you do things. Well, I, I thank you all for an, an amazing conversation. I had chills um, and had lots of great emotions of thinking about all these different possibilities um, coming out of just this idea, like, what do we do? What can be done differently? And how do we think about this in the biggest possible way? I will leave you with one thing and I'm not ready to, to post it anywhere yet, but I've had a few conversations in the past three months um, that I think could impact this. You know, what are we going to do different? And it's um, a process of helping staff understand what it means to be a parent and then how the camp can understand the life of a parent so we can 
talk to them better, tell our stories better, and get more kids this opportunity that we have. And so we've we've done this. Laura and I have done this very graphically. We did a, a version of it with the Florida 4-H folks in the spring last year, and we've done it in November, and we just did it at the MAC conference last week. And I think it's it's a, a good challenge to staff to to get them to think about. Um, the the families other than just being a transportation system that gets kids to camp and um, getting them to really consider how stressful it is to be a parent, what their lives are like, um, etc. That helps them look after kids better, but also as camp directors, when we have that bigger discussion, it helps us consider how we serve families and how we can make a difference in their lives. And and that's something that I would encourage any many camps to, to consider doing this year differently is really considering families and what they go through and how we can best serve them. So that would be my, my final word on, on that topic. So that means that we are then ready to turn over to our tool of the week. Tool of the week. If this is the first time you're joining us, welcome to the Camp Hacker Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube or listening to this on your phone, um, we take this time to ask each of the panelists to share with us a tool that helps them be a better camp director. And uh, Neva, you're first, and you've got a great one, and uh, I'm excited for you to share it. So why don't you lead us off with your tool of the week? Absolutely. My tool of the week is the app MyFitnessPal, which you can download to any smartphone. And it just helps you track your health a little bit, what you're eating, what you're not eating. It reminds you to eat it. And if you're a busy camp director, sometimes we forget that. Um, And it also pairs with any of your fitness trackers. So it just helps you manage some of that work-life balance a little better. That's awesome. And is there a cost to it, Neva? Do you know? No, it is free. So you can download it for free. You can do, if you're more interested in some of the more technical things like tracking your macros and really exploring your nutrition, you can pay for the service, but otherwise it's free and it works pretty well to remind you, you haven't eaten enough that day or you need to drink a little more water every day and get up and move. Awesome. Good one. Thank you. Joe, what's your tool? My tool of the week is a book I picked up over the holidays called Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. Now, Tim Ferriss is most famous for the four-hour work week, the four-hour body series, the four-hour series of books. Um, this is a, a – it's a tomb. It's a big book, I, you know, seven – I think 700 pages, yeah. uh, or I lied, 660 pages. So it's a big book. When you get into it, I literally have Post-it notes – that I carry when I'm reading the book so I can mark pages and yeah. go back to them um, just because it's full. Essentially what it is is Tim Ferriss has interviewed for his own podcast. He's interviewed, you know, thousands, hundreds, if not thousands of people over the course of his podcast and just for books and whatnot. And and this is him sitting down, just making a cliff note version of all of the conversations for him to have. And then he realized this, this is good stuff. And he made the, the book. It's, um, it's great. It's uh, it's it's a book that you can go back to time and time again. So it's not a read through and be done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's just it's awesome. Um, yeah, everything from there's lots of diet advice to um, how to how to build a barrel sauna. Yep. Um, 
which I'm totally going to do. Um, it, he does a lot of these questions on his podcast. He always asks what the best hundred dollar or less purchase is. Mm. Um, there's lots of book recommendations from the various people, different exercises. I was just reading about meditation, um, and it, it, it's just invaluable. And I'm only 150 pages into 600 pages. Yeah, so. that's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. One of the sections, I think, is called 17 Questions I Ask Myself All the Time. And he did a podcast just on that section, and the questions are really smart. Um, so uh, that's available on his um, on his blog as well as in that book. And, and um, that's really, really good thinking for camp directors in terms of the philosophy of their business and stuff like that. So um, I will try to get... Um, Matt to put that in the show notes or, or, or I'll find it to add, give to Matt to put in the show notes for this show. So you want to find the tools of the week and all the past ones, you can go to camphacker.tv slash podcast. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, just look back through this playlist and you'll see all those tools from the past now 98 episodes. I think this is 97. So um, that's all, all available there. Thank you, Joe. Gap, what's your tool? Uh, my tool is called Unsplash, and Unsplash is a free stock um, picture website. And I like it because <laughs> I like good design, I like good photography. I'm always wanting camps, pushing camps to push our, their design boundaries so they can are a little bit more approachable yeah. to new families. Um, but I think the the most valuable part about Unsplash is that it has great examples of what good photography looks like. And a lot of the time that has to do with angles, a lot of the time that has to do with, you know, lessening the noise, meaning, you know, a knapsack here and taking those things out. So I think, I think it's, it's a great sort of source of inspiration, but if you also need imagery for your website, um, I check it out and, and, and all you have to do is cite them. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's unsplash.com, Gab, you think? That is unsplash.com. Yep. Right on. Thank you. Uh, my tool of the week is one that I've heard great things about, but haven't read. Um, it is one of those books that's related, but not directly uh, to what we do. It's a book called Service Fanatics by Dr. James Merlino. Um, it is, it, it's written for healthcare. Um, and um, if you're Canadian and looking at these things, um, it might not be so directly relative to our healthcare system. Same, but um, it's interesting that in um, a healthcare system with a lot different philosophy, how important services, and I would say service is very important in every healthcare system, um, having friends who are struggling to change the NHS in the UK and uh, people involved in that here. Anyway, this book um, called Service Fanatics is really about that mindset of looking after people and... Um, and considering their needs and doing things to support them and and going above and beyond. Certainly Disney is known for that service philosophy in their organizations, but this is just a different perspective um, that I think has can have some really great impact. And I've had this book recommended by many people, and so I'm looking forward to, to digging into that and, and showing some pearls um, on the show here on one of the blogs. The other thing that is a, a sub-tool of that is um, I love when I hear about these books, like many of you, I keep a list of them or I keep an Amazon wish list or um, have stuff on, on Pinterest. Um, but I love to look for Amazon used books 
for some of these books that are you know maybe a three or four years old or older um often find them for used books i paid one cent for that service fanatics book and i paid six dollars to have it shipped here to canada from florida um and i'm sure the book when it was on sale was thirty dollars there you go and because it's used um i was able to get it for in fact this has a price tag in euros so um who knows where somebody picked it up but uh, I love to find the used books, and, and often if it's a book that I'm sort of on the edge about, if I can pay $6 or $7 instead of $30, I'll just buy it and add it to my one particular shelf of books I really need to read, um, books I really have to get to. So there you go. That is Service Fanatics by Dr. James Merlino. I want to uh, to thank you all for being here, Neva. It's been awesome to have you join us for this time. Grateful to have you. Great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for adding your wisdom to it. Um, Neva, if people have some questions and want to follow up with you, how can they get in touch with you? What's the best way? They can check out our website at florida4h.org under camps. You will find all of my contact information. Fantastic. Thanks again, Neva. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And Joe? My, uh, thanks for having me. People can find me at, uh, well, campisbetter.com is Pierce Williams and everything I do. And then yoyojo.com, Y-O-Y-O-J-O-E. <laughs> I like that you have your uh, radio voice so that every time, Y-O-Y-O-J-O-E. If you grew up, if you grew up watching Detroit television, there's a commercial that you know called "Just Al Diamond," D I A M O N D, and it's, it's literally if you grew up in the '80s watching Detroit television. So when you're when you're somewhere, I could be in New Orleans at a conference and yep. hear somebody go um, say "Diamond," and then you can see people say in their head. Just Al Diamond, D-I-A-M-O-N-D. And it means you grew up within the broadcasting yeah. area of Detroit. So, Right on. Thank you. And Gabrielle, thank you for adding uh, some great stuff to it today. How can people get yeah. in touch with you? Um, you can check out where I work at waro.com, O-U-A-R-E-A-U.com. I always have to, my eyes always go up to try yep. to think how to spell that um and you can also follow me on twitter at gabrielle rail um or at instagram gabrielle rail perfect thank you to all of you um the other thing i would say in closing is if you um if you appreciated what these people have have done and shared um and would like to to share this episode you can go to camphacker.tv slash love um that will put in some stuff that i wrote for you into your twitter uh, but you're welcome to edit that and share that out in any way possible um i want to thank you for joining us again go to camphacker.tv slash podcast for the show note for this episode and uh, all the previous ones, I can confirm that this is episode 96. So uh, we need to start thinking about what we're going to do for the big 100. Um, so anyway, uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening wherever you are. And uh, thank you for the evening, friends. The Camp Hacker Podcast is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.